0: It has been my privilege to um, be teaching since Pastor Bill's uh, surgery, and um, next Sunday he's going to be uh, resuming the teaching on Sunday mornings. Um, Pastor Bill, you're, you're doing a series on the Sermon on the Mount. What have you titled that series? I forgot. Living the God Life. Living the God Life. And he'll be preaching then this spring, and uh, we're looking forward to having him back in the pulpit in that position. In that role as as our um, teaching pastor on Sunday mornings. Um, This will be my last Sunday with you. And it's our last Sunday of the year. And so I thought it would be a great time to uh, go back to a prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. If you have your Bibles, we encourage you to bring your Bibles. Open your Bibles to John chapter 17. I normally read from the English Standard Version. And... um, you might have a different version. You might have an NIV or a King James or a New King James, but the Word of God is the Word of God, and there are many really good translations. I will be reading from the English Standard Version this morning, John chapter 17. Um, this is this prayer of Jesus. Makes up almost the entirety of this chapter. In fact, if you have a Bible and you're in John chapter 17 and you glance back to your left, you're going to see quite a few pages of red letters. If you have a red letter Bible, Jesus is spending his last hours with his disciples and he knows his time is very, very short. Imagine that you have the chance to pray one more time with your kids before you die. What's on your heart? What are you taking? What are you praying for them as you get ready to leave? It's hugely important. And as we read this prayer together this morning, we're going to focus then on a couple things. I want you to pay attention as we read through this. Pay attention to how Jesus talks to his, his Father in this prayer about how He kept His disciples while He was with them. And how He prays that God will keep them when He's gone. And how he will continue to make God's name known to them. This is vital to the Christian life. And I think it's a great way for us to end a year, begin a year with this prayer of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 17. Okay, let's read from verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them, even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Let's pray. Jesus, how can we pray after reading such a wonderful prayer? I guess we pray, Lord, that you would help us grasp in our hearts the very important truths contained in this prayer of yours. Lord, we are touched by what you prayed for. And we are touched by the fact that you are willing to continue praying for us And even this morning when we gather, You said You would send the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. And so, dear Lord Spirit, we open our minds to You, open our hearts to understand the Scriptures and the wonderful things that we read here. And may we leave this place different this morning because of Your great name and faith in Your name and for the prayer that You prayed for us. In Christ we ask this. Amen. I know that I've preached from this passage another time here, and and if you remember at that time, we focused on the love that God has for us. I think this is amazing when He says this. Look, if you would please, in verse twenty-three, um, uh, He says Jesus is speaking about Himself, I and them, and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. Jesus is very concerned about our unity and the way we love one another so that the world may know that you have sent me and love them even as you love me. And the last time I preached this passage, I focused on the fact that God loves you as He loves Jesus. Now, if that doesn't blow your circuit breaker, I don't know what will. Okay? I mean, seriously. When you hook up that much love, that much truth to your heart, and you think, God loves me? The same way he loves Jesus? Come on. Yeah, that's true. When we become, uh, in Christ, we become new creations and we become His adopted children. There's this amazing love that God wants us to know. I love you as much as I love my son. That's pretty amazing. That's not what we're focusing on this morning. What we're focusing on this morning is this whole idea of How important it is to know God and to be kept in His name. And and we're going to see this repeated throughout this passage. It's it's so important that we get this. But I want you to start, first of all, by looking in verse 3, and I'm going to ask this question. How important is knowing God? How important is it to know Him? Now, I'm not talking about uh, knowledge and facts. Okay? How many of you know who the president is? Come on. I know some of you are homeschooled, but hey, we got it. Hey, my kids are homeschooled. I can say that. Hey, listen, we all know who the president is. How many of you know him? How many of you can talk to him on a personal basis? How many of you don't need an appointment just to walk into the Oval Office? Oh, nobody? Wow. Now look how important it is in verse 3 that we know God. Look what he says in verse 3. Jesus is saying here, he says the hour has come. He's about ready to be crucified. He asked that God would glorify him so that he may glorify God. And he says, you've given him authority over all flesh. I'm in verse 2 still, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. What is eternal life? It says that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. Whom you have sent. Okay. This is very important. Right here you've got a space in your outline. Eternal life. I want an equal sign right there. And I want you to circle it. Eternal life. This is eternal life. What is it? That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. Eternal life equal knowing God. Knowing God. God. And Jesus Christ, whom he sent. My wife knows me. I was 21 when I got married. I've been married 31 years. I don't think there's anyone in the world who knows me as well as my wife. This kind of knowledge is very intimate. It's very personal. It knows all your goods. And all your bads. There's nothing hid from people who know you really well, right? The people that live in your house, do they know you? This knowing God, again, like I said, it's more than just information and facts. It's the real life experience of having God call you by name. It's the real life experience of having God save you out of a burning car wreck. You say, I was ever in a burning car accident. Oh, wait a minute. Anyone who was ever on their way to hell, who got rescued by Jesus and saved by His grace, was in a wreck and their life was going to burn. But Jesus comes and He pulls you out of the wreck and gets burnt in the process, but He saved you. That's knowing someone. Someone who's willing to love you, who's willing to save you, who knows your past, who has... The plans for your future, he knows you. That is eternal life. When we come to know Jesus in a personal way, the Bible says here, this is eternal life. That they may know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he sent. Now, it's interesting... He he says here then in verse four, he says, I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, he says, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Where was Jesus before he came to earth? We just celebrated Christmas, right? And before Jesus was a little six pounder in a manger, where was Jesus? Like about ten months before that? Where was he? He was in heaven on a throne full of majesty and glory and splendor. He can hold our star in his hand. He can hold our earth on, in his fingertips. He can hold our sun in his hand. He can hold the, the universe, you know, And two. I mean, he's got it. He's that big. He's that amazing. He's that powerful. He's that glorious. He becomes a baby so that we can know him. Now, this is interesting because in some ways, the thought of a God who is so holy that you can't look on him and live. Did you know the Bible says no one can look on God, anyone who ever claims to have seen God is a liar, because you know why? You can't look at God and live. Moses wanted to, got to see his back. But you can't look on God and live. God is so holy and glorious and majestic, but you know what? For us, that's a little hard to get. How many of you can get a six-pounder? Have you ever held one? Right? Remember? Have you had them grow up? Have you had them become toddlers, learn, go to school, become a teenager, become a tween? That's like between teens and thirties, twenties, something. (laughs) Um, They go from teens to tweens. We can relate to that. Can you relate to a carpenter? Can you relate to a man who's got calluses on his hands, you know, and things like that? He became flesh and dwelt among us so that we might know Him. This is the eternal life that He's talking about. Now He says, before He came, He was in God's presence with all this glory. And what does He say He does? He has done in verse 6? He says this, I have manifested Your name to the people whom You gave Me out of the world. The word manifested. Could A couple other words. So you might put one of these brackets here. To manifest means to make known, to reveal, to demonstrate completely. It says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus was the exact image of the Father. Not a copy. The image of the Father. Jesus came and he manifested, made known, and what did he do? He revealed God's name. He revealed God's name to these disciples. Earlier in the book of John They tell Jesus that he's uh, Blaspheming Because he is making himself Equal with God He said they, they, He said Abraham was happy When he saw me And they looked at him and said Abraham Abraham lived like some 2,000 years before Christ He said Abraham You're not even 50 years old And you've seen Abraham And he said before Abraham was I am And he said the holy name of God, Yahweh, and everybody took up stones to kill him because he's claiming to be God by using those words. That's what he did. He manifested, he made known, he revealed God's person, God's name, God's character. What was God like? Excuse me, that's past tense. You can only speak of God in the present tense. Why? Because God is, I am, right? What is God like? Back, if you've got your Bible there, hopefully you've got your Bible still open to John 17. Back up just a couple chapters to John, three chapters to John 14. Earlier that evening, before he gets to this prayer we just read, he's with his disciples. And his disciples uh, are getting their final instructions. And he says there in John 14 from verse 1, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. That I go to prepare. Would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself where I am. You may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. What does Thomas say? Uh, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? That makes sense. Listen to what Jesus tells him. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also from now on. You do know him and you have seen him. Philip's not quite there yet. What does Philip say? Lord, show us the father and it is enough for us. You show us the father. That would be good very important words that Jesus says right next he says Jesus said to him have I been with you so long and still you do not know me Philip whoever has seen me has seen the father how can you say show us the father don't you believe that I am in the father and the father is in me the word that I say to you I do not speak of my own authority but the father who dwells in me he does his works Jesus in effect said if you have seen me you have seen God if you know me you know God? Remember that high and the holy and the brightness and the glory and the things that we have a hard time getting a hold of? Now we have a carpenter from Nazareth. A teacher. A gentle healer. A man who is merciful and compassionate. He hangs out with prostitutes. He hangs out with tax collectors. He hangs out with people that no one else wants to hang out with. In fact, he's called a friend of sinners. People like me. Is that good news? This is who he hung out with. And this is who he invites to know God personally, God's person, God's name, God's character. All wrapped up in Jesus. He told Philip, if you have seen me, you've seen God. If you've known me, you've known God. And this is what he gets to then. Going back to John chapter 17, he says in verse 6, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. This is what Jesus does in verse six. He says, I have manifested. I have shown them all about you, God. They were yours. You gave them to me and I showed them who you were. And he talks about how he gave them his word. He gave them God's word. And look in verse nine. He says, I'm praying for them. I am praying for these people that you've given me. Now, we should all lean forward a little bit, okay? We should all lean forward a little bit. I remember I had a 102-year-old grandmother who really had a connection with God. And I used to take my kids to visit her and hear her pray. And uh, I remember one time she told me, she said, Jeffy, she said, I've quit asking Jesus for things. I just commune. I mean, to have that kind of a fellowship with God where you're just... Wanting to talk with Him and be with Him. You're not asking for things. You just want to be with Him. And Jesus said, I am praying. We should all be learning, leaning forward. What is Jesus praying? He said, I'm not praying for the world. But for those you've given Me. They are Yours. All Mine are Yours. And what does He say in verse 11? He says, Holy Father, keep them in Your name which You have given Me, that they may be one as We are one. Now, are God and Jesus One. Really one? Really united. Amen. God, Jesus is praying that all of us get along like that. Have you ever been around folks who get along with each other? Let me let me flip the coin over. Have you ever been around folks who aren't getting along? Have you ever been in someone's home and there's just tension between the husband and the wife with the parents and the children and there's just a lot of animosity and a lot of hatred and a lot of... You can just feel it. It's like not very nice. In fact... Sometimes we get together for holidays and we're with people we don't spend much time with and sometimes we're related to them. (laughs) I'm serious. I have given my people and my family more reason to be upset with me than I've ever done to people that I meet at Stokes. You know what I mean? And, And so to love one another, Jesus said, I'm praying that they all can get along like you get along. Wow. Can you imagine a church family that got along like God and Jesus? That would be a great group. Wouldn't you want to hang around with those folks? A lot of love. A lot of unity. And Jesus is praying there. He says, keep them. He says, keep them in your name. See, he's praying that we would keep us in his name. But what he says before that, next verse, excuse me. He says, while I was with them, I kept them in your name which you have given me. I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost. So when Jesus was with his disciples, what did he do? Well, this is in verse 12. He kept them. He guarded them. He protected them. How did he do that? He did that in God's in God's name. He kept them. He protected them. He used God's name to guard them. Do you remember a couple Sundays ago, maybe four now, three maybe three Sundays ago when we had that sermon on not worrying? Remember that? Where the Bible said very clearly, I don't want you to be worrying about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I want you to be making your request known to God, right? What was the promise? Do you remember that? And uh, Jamie? I will lift that burden on Well, he will lift the burden. The promise in that particular passage was, he says, and the peace of God, right, remember this, which passes all of our understanding will do what? It will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. That's wonderful, isn't it? Well, it has to do with God's name. Being kept, guarded, and protected, Jesus, when He was on the earth, He kept revealing who God was through the way He took care of these disciples. He kept revealing who God was through the compassion and the forgiveness that He had on sinners. Jesus kept revealing God and He kept them protected in God's name. In in God's name, it's coming by the... You might put a parenthesis in there. By the power of... By the power of God's name. He kept them... In God's name By the power of God's name While Jesus was with his disciples This is what he did He kept them He guarded them in his name And now That he's getting ready to leave Back up to verse 11 What is he doing? He's praying that God Would keep us in his name Now you say us I thought he was talking to disciples You say no He said us Look at what he says Verse 20, how do we know this is true? Verse 20, he says, I do not ask for these only, but for those who will believe in me through their word. Have you believed in Jesus? Did you believe in Jesus because of the words of his disciples? Yes. So he was praying for us. So he's prayed in verse 11 that God would keep us in his name. Okay. God would keep us in his name. Verse 11. This is what he's praying, and and it's so important that it's so important that we get this. And he said, "I have kept them in your name." And he was praying that God would keep us in the name. This is what Jesus was praying. Let me ask you a question: Where is Jesus this morning? He's in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. Where in heaven? At the, right hand of God. At the right hand of God. If we look up into heaven, there's God on the glory throne and to his right in the most important seat in the house is Jesus. And Jesus is sitting there. And so what is his job there? The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews he always lives to pray for us. Is that encouraging? Yeah. To think about Jesus up there right next to the Father praying for you? Take just a minute. Think of the burden that you have on your heart. Do you have a burden on your heart this morning? Is there something that's pressing or you're concerned about? You're not worrying about, right? You're not worrying about it. You're praying about it. It might be a huge prayer concern, though. Does it come for you to know that Jesus is right there beside God praying for you? And he's praying that God would keep us in his name. He's praying, Father, he's still praying this prayer. Keep them in your name. Keep them in your name. You just see that? It's so important. Did you see where this was, where the name, uh, where this uh, name was mentioned again in this passage? Because he talks about it one more time. Look down, if you would please, to the very end of this uh, prayer. Starting in verse, I'm going to read from verse 25. We're going to see it in verse 26. He says, Oh, righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. He says this again. I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is important. What's the verb tense? In the verb made, I made known to them your name. What's the verb tense? Thank you. It's past tense. All of these disciples that walked with Jesus, he says, I made known to them your name. What's the hopeful part of this verse for us? The next verb. It says, And I will continue to make it known. I have made it known. I will make it known. Do you remember when you first became a Christian? Do you remember the first time your heart was touched by the fact that you were a sinner, separated by sin from God, and God touched you with that knowledge, and He showed you the gap between His holiness and your sinfulness, and you knew, there's no way I can get across the gap. All my righteous deeds is filthy rags. I don't get very far if I'm trying to get from my sinfulness to God's holiness, but when God carries you by calling you in faith and grace and repentance to the other side of His righteousness, He made known to you his name past tense. Does it encourage you to know that God will continue to make his name known to you? How much do you know about God? How much do you know about God? I mean, if you could, I mean, if the knowledge of God goes from the floor to the ceiling, are we all about down here in the, in the Berber, this carpet somewhere? I mean, Seriously. Now, what happens, though, the more you know about God, what happens to your love for God? Yeah. what's nice about the love for God is there's nothing you can ever find out about God that's going to cause you not to love God. There are things my wife has known about me and got to know about me, unfortunately, in the last 31 years. That You know what? Had she known some of these things before we got married, they weren't very attractive. You know what I mean? And uh, she could probably guess some of the things, like my breath was going to stink, or, you know, other things. But worse than my breath, there are things in my character that stink. Seriously, I mean, there are things about me that are just hard to, hard to live with. But so as she has got to know me more, she's kind of had some hurdles that she's had to overcome with God's grace to continue to love me. But when you get to know God, what happens? There's nothing about God's character. The more you know God, the more you love God. Because the more holy you realize He is, the more you realize how far He had to go to get to you. The more you learn about the preciousness of His little boy, Jesus, the more you realize what a sacrifice He made when He killed Him for you, and me, in in our place. You see, to know God is to love God. The more we know God, the more we love God. And Jesus promised to continue this is so great. Jesus promised to continue to make God's name known to us. And when you make this, up, I want you to draw it like this, okay? I want it to look like this a big U and an S, and I want a couple I's over there, okay? Because that should make you smile. Seriously. That should make you smile. Here, I'll lift it up for the folks on the far side. See yeah. that? Think about it. Jesus said, I will continue to make your name known to them. That's what he says. He says, Father, I did it when I was with them. I made your name known and I will continue to make it known. How is Jesus going to continue to make God's name known to us? I submit to you, there are two ways that Jesus is going to Two means by which Jesus will make God's name known to us. What's the clue? Number one is the word of God, right? What is the number two way God makes his name known to us? Who's your special, special tutor? Every Christian has a special, individualized tutor. Who is the who is the great tutor? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That's right. The, Jesus would say in this passage in John, he would, not this particular, but earlier, he said, it is necessary for you that I go to heaven, because if I go to heaven, all of you can get an individualized tutor. As long as Jesus was walking on the earth He was in one place at one time Like all of us Bound by those limitations But Jesus said It is absolutely necessary I'm going to heaven Because if I don't go He can't come If I do go I will send him And he can live in your heart So not only do you get the textbook That the professor wrote You get the professor Nice Every time you have a test in life You've got the the book You've got the professor in your heart, in your mind, helping you with the tests of your life, helping me with the tests of our life, making known to us God's wonderful name. I shared with you that there was a time a few weeks ago, I was just feeling kind of discouraged and it was a Tuesday morning and I had the privilege of meeting with um, Joanne Brewster. And Joanne asked me how I was doing and, uh, Uh, I said, you know what, Joanne, I'm just feeling like I need some encouragement and Joanne prayed with me You said, what did Joanne pray? well, earlier I had given Joanne a list of the names of God 625 names of God to be exact and it was on a Tuesday and so Joanne turned in her notebook to this little section on the names of God and we started in the Tuesday section, okay and when we got to the Tuesday section, she read some things like, well, just some of the names of God. And she prayed these for me. And you know what? I had tears in my eyes and God was just blessing my soul. When you pray to the God of all comfort, she prayed something like, God, I just want to thank you that you're the God of all comfort. You can comfort Jeff in his discouragement. God, you're the God of all grace. You can give him the grace he needs to see him through this. God, you're the God of all the families of the earth. God, you're the God of hope. You're the God of Jacob. You're the God of my life and the God of my mercy. Do you see what happens? When you start thinking about who you're talking to, have you ever been to a doctor's office and and you see, you go in there and there's a, a great big plaque on the wall and it says he went to Harvard or he went to Stanford and blah, blah, blah. Have you ever seen those big plaques? They that just that's about all the things that this one. Can you imagine going into a counselor's office and it said something like this wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can you imagine going to a counselor with those kind of credentials on his wall? First of all, if if you went into a counselor's office and it said that on the wall it said wonderful counselor, you'd probably think the guy. Fought a little too much of himself, right? <laughs> Beloved, when you go to heaven and you read what his credentials are and you just spend some time thinking about the God of peace, the God of the armies, the God of the whole, the God of my fathers, the God only wise. Do you need wisdom dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with? We thank you, God, that you are God only wise and we can look to you for wisdom. God, our Savior, who saved me from my sin. God, our shield. you ever feel like you need some protection? You need someone to get your back. He's my shield. He is the God who is ready to pardon, and He's the God who can't lie. He's the God who performs all things for me. He is God, the Father, God, the Judge of all. And you know what happened, folks? It took us about 50 minutes. And in the presence of another believer just going to the throne of God and praying about who we're talking to, I went out of there a different man. I went out of there with a load lifted. I had come to a wonderful counselor. I had come to God Almighty. I had come to the God of all comfort. And you know what? When you look at a God that big and then you look for your problems, where'd that problem go ahead? Do you see my problem? My problems look real small all of a sudden because my God is so big. And beloved, you remember a year ago, those of you who were in our Sunday school class, we did a, I think it was a, eight-week series on Lord teach me to pray. Lord teach me how to pray. How did the Lord teach us how to pray when He said, "Our Father, which art in heaven, stay with me, Amen. hallowed be Thy name." What does it mean to hallow God's name? What does it mean to hold God's name up in reverence? What does it mean to look to God as the giver of all things and the good and gracious God that He is, the God who forgives, the God who's merciful? Wait a minute. Don't try to get by with sin. He still judges sin, but He's willing to forgive. What does it mean to come to the God like that and hallow His name? To lift Him up? To to understand who He is? Beloved! Beloved! the more we know who this great God is who loves us so much. Who wouldn't want to be in love with Him? Right? I I want to love Him. I want to give my life to Him. And as what we've done, I'm going to share this with you. I was talking to Pastor Bill and Gloria this week. Um, For all of of the adults in our congregation, and if you're a high school student, we've put together a notebook for you, okay? And this notebook... Um, Is going to be yours to keep used through the year. We hope to use it. It's going to be there to put some, we're going to be putting more things in this through the year. But to start with, we, we opened up what what's called Grace Family Fitness. That's the first page. Two doors down, there's a business called Grohl Family Fitness, right? Do any of you have a membership at Grohl Family Fitness? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. If you had a free membership, Is anybody interested in a free membership to grow? Question is: Would you use it? I mean, it's one thing to have a membership, right? It's another thing to use it. Well, instead of Grow Family Fitness, this is kind of Grace Family Fitness. Okay, Grace Fellowship Family Family Fitness. And the question we were asking is: What can we do as your church leaders, as your church servants? Think of us as your church coaches. What can we do as your church trainers? To help you get in shape this year, spiritually speaking. And we we thought about three things. One is time in the Word, of God. Second one is time in prayer. And third thing is serving. Because not only do we want you exercising your muscles in what you learn from the Bible, and not only do we want you developing a relationship by communicating with God, we want you out there doing your little light of mind thing for your families. For your neighbors, for your classmates, for your co workers. Because God didn't light our fire, folks, to have it put under a bushel. God lit your fire in mine to put it on a candlestick. Those of you who were here Sunday or excuse me, Thursday evening, Christmas Eve, there was a really nice little candle arrangement here. Hey, the lights that God has given us were meant to shine. And what we put in here is just some encouragement, a Bible reading. I want to encourage you to pick a uh, pick a partner. And, and if you can keep your husband or wife accountable, I'm, I'm okay with uh, family members being accountable to each other. But here's the problem with being accountable to my wife for spiritual growth and development. We both know we had a late night last night, right? And so the next morning when we're supposed to be praying and we'd rather hit the snooze button. You ever been there? You're supposed to be praying or reading the Bible with the snooze button right there. We have a tendency to want to, oh yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of like, are you tired? I'm tired. Let's just sleep in a little bit. We can talk ourselves out of the good things we shouldn't be talking ourselves into. And if I'm accountable to Paul McKay, and I get to go to Paul, and Paul asks me, so how did your Bible reading go this week? And I said, well, i kind of in a few nights nice early, that's, that's a, that important too, you know? We can help each other. Grow and encourage each other And what we're going to do is We're going to give you all If you're going to stay for potluck You can pick out you know, I've got several colors that are in the back. Pick one of these out Take it home Now in addition to Tips on uh, re- We want to encourage you To pick a growth partner Pick a Bible reading plan Folks The word of God Makes it very clear Man does not live by bread alone Right? How does man live? Every word that proceeds From the mouth of the Lord This is how you live It's also how you can die if you don't feed yourself. There are a lot of kids who die in the world because of uh, malnutrition and they starve. But there's no reason a Christian in America should be starving because we have the Word of God. Pick a partner. Pick a plan. I want to encourage you to have some kind of plan. Maybe you're going to, last year, some of us read through the, uh, walk through the Bible, right? Front to back, cover to cover, walk through the Bible, great way to do it. I've made some suggestions here, write this down on your notes, do this search, Google search, online Bible reading plans, just write that down, you can Google it or whatever search engine you use, online Bible reading plans, we want to encourage you to find a partner, find a plan. If you don't have a plan to succeed, guess what the default is? You're going to fail. God doesn't want us to fail. He wants us to succeed, and He wants us to succeed as a family. Alright, so online Bible reading plans. Look, pick a partner, pick a plan, and then we want to encourage you to read. And I've got some tips in here on Bible reading. Secondly, on the back page of this first page, prayer time. Use that partner to determine some realistic prayer goals. Take advantage of websites, books, articles, and learning how to pray. Use a journal to keep track of your prayer progress and prayer topic requests and answers to your prayers. And then, fourthly, pray. Okay? Don't just come up with a plan to pray, pray. And lastly, serving others. I want to encourage all of us, seek to determine. This is, and don't feel like you have to do all this by next week. It would be good to start on all these things. But seek to determine this year I want to encourage all of us to seek to determine What is my spiritual gift? God has given you, equipped you Wired you, given you gifts From the Holy Spirit To help you serve this body And I want you to be thinking about Lord, how can I serve this body? What can I do? In the same way that every body part of mine Has a function Even my little toe has a function Alright? Even my little toe has a function If you don't believe me Talk to someone who lost their little toe. Alright? We all have a function. Find ways that we can serve others uh, and the church on a consistent basis. And then we want to reach out for Christ's sake and serve others. Beloved, I want to encourage you. Oh, I'm sorry. And then the last thing I included in this is this handout on the names of God. A way to understand His nature and His character. And what I did on this, I divided it into seven Days there's like 625 numbered names of God. I read a few of them. Okay, divide that into a workable portion. And what I find helpful is when, at that time in my prayer time, when I'm just want to come to God and I want to worship, I will read through or pray through some of these names. But then, regardless of what it depends on what I'm dealing with right then, maybe I need comfort, maybe I need guidance, maybe I need encouragement, maybe I need strength, maybe I just want to rejoice. God, I take some of his names and I try to take Him with me for the day. You read through a section of these names, but don't just read it to say, okay, read the names, check. Read the names to learn to know the God who loves you and the God who loves me. We can learn to know him better. That's the next thing in this resource. And then next week... Pastor Bill is going to be handing out some outlines for his sermon series. We want to encourage you. This would be a great place to keep those when we pass them out to you. They will come with the three hole punches. We'll do that for you. But we just want to encourage you folks to get to know God better this year. We want to encourage you to know God and to be kept in His name. It's amazing. You come to God with a struggle. And I, I want to submit to you that if you spend some time thinking about who loves you and who has done all that He's done for you, if you don't go away from there encouraged, you are right? It's wonderful. I just want to encourage us all this year. We want to know God and we want to be kept in His name. And I would ask this too, as we close. If to this point you've been learning about God and God is still kind of over there, if you would like to invite God to your house today, I mean the house of your life, the house of your heart, your own mind, He will be glad to come to you today. He will be glad to come, make His home with you, forgive your sins, and you can be adopted. You can be adopted by a wonderful, loving, Heavenly Father. If that's not been your lot to this point, I submit to you today, greatest gift ever, is Jesus. And if you want... All you need to do is ask him. He'll come. He'll come. You can know him. Let's pray. Dear God, it has been our privilege to know you, those of us who are your children, and to know Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We know that that is, according to Jesus' words, eternal life. That is eternal life, to know you. To know you personally, to know your heart, to know your love, to know that your grace and your mercy has drawn us and your blood has forgiven our sins through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. We love you and thank you for that. And Lord, as a church family, even as you pray that we would know you, that we could be one, we pray that as we go forward into 2016, as we get to know you better as a church family, we will love one another more, and our unity will be something that people are just drawn to because it's, it's about you. It's not about us. It's not about any program or personality. It's about Jesus. And that's what we want to be about our Father's business. And we want people to know you through us help us to be good representatives of you. If we are your children, Lord, remind us. If we've strayed or wandered or we've had problems, remind us of your willingness to forgive and encourage and build us up and take us forward. And if we've yet to become that today, God, I pray for each soul in this room who doesn't know you, that you would draw them to yourself through the power of Jesus. Thank you in his name.